Hello, and welcome to the Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I'm Dana Marie Rockmore, the founder of the Dinner Party Project and co-founder of The Welcome House. I'll be inviting intriguing guests over to my home to chat about some of my favorite things, cocktails, story, the Enneagram, and rest. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening, as always. Um, I am always floored at how lightning speed the time goes by. This year has already gone by so insanely fast. And here we are. So thanks for continuing to listen in. I am quite excited about um, today's podcast. So I hope you'll enjoy. First, we will start with the cocktail that I made because it's always fun for me to introduce people to bourbon, especially I think women. Sometimes they think like, oh, it's too heavy or it's whatever, not for me. However, I would say that I have made many cocktails that ladies actually love and they are surprised that they enjoy a bourbon cocktail. So you're welcome. Um, This one is a bourbon jam and it's the jam. Uh, grown, but, uh, yeah, it's good. If you want to make it and follow along with us, uh, this time I made it with an ounce and a half of old Forester bourbon, which is one of my favorites. And then, um, three quarters of an ounce of fresh squeezed lemon juice, one teaspoon. Uh, you can use any kind of berry jam, whatever you like, but I used a blueberry jam from, some kind of French brand. It was pretty great. One teaspoon honey, and then you shake all that up real nice, pour it into a rocks glass over ice, and then top it off at the top with some sparkling water. So I used like, I think, um, San Pellegrino. And it's lovely and it's light, um, uh, not too sugary, definitely not very sweet, um, bourbon-y. The bourbon comes through. It is a chef's kiss. Delicious. And you can impress your friends the next time they're over because it's pretty, pretty easy to make and also very delicious. So what is also delicious and delightful (laughs) is my friend Tracy, who is going to be on the podcast today. I met her um, many years ago in 2016 at our first Women Lead Orlando, which is something that I love so much and I'm so proud of. And it served its purpose of connecting women, especially um, for me that I could meet some new ladies. Uh, uh, Tracy was just starting off, uh, her business, uh, new general in winter park. And so it was a great, I think, connection point for her. Uh, it was great for me to meet her and through the years of knowing her, I have loved to see that uh, hers. If you haven't been to her, her store, it's very beautiful. Um, and well curated and they offer incredibly delicious healthy options for food and drink coffees teas they have this like blue magic latte thing i don't know it's so delightful i don't drink coffee so i don't really trend towards doing those drinks but um yeah she's got so many offerings and her crepes are delicious. <laughs> I have had, I've had several of those. So I would highly recommend that. 
Um, anyway, so Tracy has an incredible story that I did not know most of. I knew a little bit of that, just kind of knowing her around town, but she is quite an inspiration and a powerhouse. And we are so lucky to have so many incredible, powerful women in this Orlando area. And she is one of them. So I hope you will enjoy this drink and I hope that you will enjoy Tracy's story. Cheers. All right. Hey, Tracy. Hi, Dina. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming over and being on Cocktails and Conversations. Thank you for inviting me. Oh my gosh. Well, cheers to you. Cheers. And this day. And thank you for this delicious cocktail. You are welcome. I'm about to try it for the first time. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. It's good. It is good. It's light at the top, especially because I think that's where that sparkling water is. Super fresh. Mm-hmm. Delicious. It is a... Blackberry, kind of like, kind of like a blackberry bramble, with the blueberry jam that I put in there, fresh squeezed lemon juice, honey, um, and then topped off with some San Pellegrino. I love it. It's not too sweet. It's kind of. It's just very not so, too it's sweet. Probably somewhat dangerous because it's going to be really easy to drink. That's yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we've got some time to drink yeah. <laughs> and chat, <laughs> and uh, it'll be great. So speaking of drinking, um. We usually start talking about cocktails, which is one of my absolute favorite topics, obviously. But kind of two different sides of this. One is, do you have a go-to drink? And then the second part is, um, we're all, all on, of course, different levels of, of uh, being in COVID right now. But um, do you have a, like a favorite spot to go grab a drink? Sure. Yes. So I, I probably, I mean, this is kind of in, within my personality. I kind of am a uniform person. Like I mm. traditionally don't sway that much. So I stay within the genre of a really good red wine. Mm -hmm. So that's probably my go-to for go -to. the majority. Yes. Yes. But then anything, honestly, anything that is fresh juices, um, the more fresh herbs. Mm -hmm. I tend to pick gin because I think I like the the rest of the flavor profile to come I through. I almost was going to make a gin drink. I'm a, I'm a total gin yeah. girl. Yeah. Okay. But, but I, you. you you might have uh, turned me because this is really good. Um, and I might think differently next yes. time. Yes. Um, but sometimes gin. like, especially ladies, like when I make cocktails with bourbon at dinners, they'll be like, huh, I never would have like put myself out there to try something bourbon-y. Yeah, exactly. And then, then they realize they're like, Oh, this is not as like out there that I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And that's kind of how I'm feeling about this drink. I'm like, <laughs> wow, I would have never thought I'd like the flavor profile, but I really right. do. It's good. <laughs> it's good. But yeah, so, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy going okay. when it comes to, right. to drinks. But, um, go-to place. Um, I don't, I have two teenagers, so there's not a whole lot of getting out nowadays. Sure. Um, but when we do go out, um, Usually, usually we'll choose food first. So a really good restaurant sure. that has a good wine menu okay. is, is our more go-to. I'm definitely a foodie. Um, so food drives and then drinks follow. Okay. Um, what are like two or th three places? Because you've been in Orlando for... 10 years. 10 years. Just going on 10 years. Right. Yeah. Okay. But you had lived somewhere else before and then moved... You had moved... Back or you know here? No, we moved here ten years ago. Okay. Um, my daughter was uh, three at the time, and okay. um, my son was um, five, six. He was go yeah, going into first grade. Um, and we we moved here straight from New York. Okay. Um, 
And we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. I want to hear more of that. But, but we try to, you know what, as a small business owner, I try to support small businesses. Sure. So we try really hard and especially within our community. Um, so we eat out a lot at places on Park Avenue. Um, a for convenience. Right. Like, I'm okay, like, that's meet, your hood. Let's meet right after work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let's roll there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we try to, to support as many local businesses. Mm. Who do we love? Um, we love the strand. The strand is delicious. So good. Um, and we just love, that's super close um, to me too. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, um, and, and you know, it's kind of what we try to do at New Journal. I'm like, our, our filter is like authenticity. I feel like their food is really authentic. Mm. It's coming from heart. Someone's in the kitchen, whipping it together. So, mm-hmm. um, I really love their dinners. Um, have you had their salmon with like the quinoa so salad their thing? It's delicious. <sighs> yeah. I wish they were still open for lunch because I used to go there for lunch for that. So good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that we'll, we'll do Prado and support those guys. And so yummy. That Widowmaker pizza, I think. So good. And their gluten-free pizza or pasta. I get their gluten-free pasta. Okay. It is, it's handmade. So okay. yummy. I, yeah. Really yummy. I always go usually for that pizza. Yeah. And then we do Thai and Indian and everything in and around those places. Okay. Yeah, cool. but love the guest house, obviously, if I get a moment out. Yes. Um, we're those bad parents that you'll see sometimes picking up, uh, you know, tacos next door and drinking one with our kids in their back patio. <laughs> so we're like the parents that are like, hmm, where can we get a drink and make our kids happy? Um, that is, sounds like a crowd pleaser, though. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's happy. Everyone's happy. Floats the boat. Who does not want to have Black Rooster Taqueria? Exactly. I don't know an Orlando person that would... Say no to that. Yeah. So good. We're lucky, actually, between that and Hunger Street Hunger and some Street. of those other ones. Yeah. We're really lucky. We are. We're incredibly lucky. Yeah. yeah. Especially if, if and when. I'm trying to also think about sometimes I don't eat out much these days, but venturing even outside of our own um, corner of Orlando, but we have so much available and accessible to us. It's true. Like I've been wanting to try try out like a, I think knife and spoon, yeah, which was Norman's. Yeah, so I have. I mean, I haven't been out there. I haven't really been out much, but um, man, we have so much at our fingertips. It's true. Yeah, it's true. I I tell myself all the time I need to I need to spend more time right outside of my. We used to call it like we became really territorial in New York. Like you mm. stayed in your hood, mm-hmm. like your neighborhood. We lived in Chelsea. You really didn't go north of you know, 24th street. You never went south of like Greenwich village. It was like, you just became, uh, it just, it was your neighborhood. And it's like, wherever you can walk to is where you spend all your time. Right. I feel like we kind of have that same mentality here and we need to open it up a little bit more. We have a car, we can get places. Um, but it's true. There's a lot of gems. New York is a very different lifestyle in that way of like travel. I mean, some places take an hour or 45 minutes or even in the cab of going uptown. Right. (laughs) It could take you 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. It's true. Here we have more, uh, autonomy in that way. Yeah. So it's true. As long as you don't have to get on I-4, you're all fine. I know. Yeah. But then sometimes (laughs) it is like, okay, well, I'm going to make an effort to get out of my bubble and find a time that makes sense to get on I-4 to it's true. travel to... It should be better soon, right? All of that should be Go, better I soon. hope so. Yes. Prayers that we will be hopefully in the next couple months back in, in spaces that are more agreeable for gathering and yeah. dining in somewhere yeah. and in all those things. Um, Interesting. I went to Miami on a quick trip and it uh, just for 
two, we went two days. I took my chef Kelsey, um, and we went down there just to get out of our, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, to get out of our own little bubble. Yeah. Um, and we thought, Hey, let's just hit a couple of the restaurants, you know, be really smart. We'll sit outside. We'll be really cognizant, mm-hmm. um, of everything going on, but let's just get out of our own bubble. We're planning our new menu and let's try to let's try to just kind inspiration of inspiration maybe yeah just just sometimes really you need think fresh differently eyes. than our four walls yeah um, yeah and um when we were down there the point i was making is that when we were down there um i realized how much further ahead we are in orlando even in comparisons to other areas of the states hmm. like miami had been on serious lockdown and like their curfew uh, and all of those other things mm-hmm. and even the restaurants now aren't even operating at full capacity they have like a quarter of their menu available right or they've changed their operating model so much in order for it to be operationally sound maybe to have less employees mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that everything was, for a lack of a better word, almost dumbed down mm-hmm. because they really need to be cognizant of the fiscal aspect of it. Like how, how, but that's like, the reality. It's of, a reality. You know, it's a business. Total reality. <laughs> but I realized that's kind of where we were as a business a couple mm-hmm. months ago. So to see them there, thinking that as a state kind of we've all been open the same time was really it was a wow moment for me I was like Hmm. wow I just expected Miami to be operating at the capacity that we're operating right now in Orlando and it's not probably tour you know the lack of tourism has driven a lot of those businesses to close and also um to have to change mm-hmm. um what they have readily available to mitigate loss and all those other fun things i, I clearly understand why but i, I think, think orlando's I, pretty lax as well in comparison I, yes. in comparison to other places especially in in the states because i talk to other people and they're much more like yes conservative kind of in Lunch. in that way so orlando i Lunch. think is 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 pretty lax yeah i'd say from a small business owner to all of us we a lot of us we're lucky to be where we are yes because i just um, got like chills yeah <laughs> like we're so lucky yes um because the shutdown <clears throat> i mean at our even our percentage of people who have had clothes are not even near the numbers of that in other major cities. Mm-hmm. Um, it just breaks my heart. It's such a bizarre double-edged sword thing, which I don't really have all the answers to or for, but it's it's a very, very strange times, and I'm hoping that we'll be out of them soon. Me too. More so. Me too, for all of so, our sake. <laughs> for all of our sake, absolutely. Get back to... Get back to to life and then take some things with us that we learned during this time, which was also good. And no doubt. Yeah. Um, I know you were mentioning to me, like sometimes the slowdown, like when you do, when you're forced Mm -hmm. to take a moment and slow down, um, it's, it's interesting. I find myself to be like a person that measures my day by how much I accomplished. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) But, but when you are forced Uh to slow down, you realize like, Hey, it's actually not about quantity. It's about quality and the few quality things. 100%. I was like, okay, this is what I needed. <laughs> sure. And it's an adjustment kind of for everybody on different levels, you know, and like also coming to terms with yourself kind of in ways that we might not have had to like address before, you know, like interpersonal things. I don't have like a family that I, you know, live with in that sense, but like 
all right, here we are. And now we got to like face these things and yeah. learn how to be together and um, for the good and for the hard. So, <laughs> yes. yes, your teenagers don't necessarily want you around 24 seven. So I, it was very interesting to figure out how to have all of our own little like you time and right. me time and us time. Yeah. That was very interesting. Very interesting. So I would love to move into um, your story, which I would, I feel like I know you somewhat over a couple years of being here, but I don't know fully. um, Obviously I don't know how you grew up and then how, how like your um, path was towards your industry and then what brought you to opening new general. So I'd love to kind of like know in your um, formative years, like we don't really, I don't believe that we kind of choose where we get placed into the universe. We're just put down, plopped down. And then we don't choose our family of origin. We don't choose the socioeconomic side. Like we don't choose, our. you know, there's so many things that we don't have the choice for. So, um, what was it kind of like in your early years of like, where were you born? Do you have siblings? Like, sure. you know, what was kind of your family relational feeling of your household? Yeah. Un- unlike you who grew up with all brothers, I grew up with sisters. <laughs> sisters. <okay. laughs> yes. I um, don't know that world. Yeah. Yes. It's, um, it's a very, uh, dramatic world, but it is sure. It is also a really nurturing and loving world too. Mm-hmm. So, um, where are you in the lineup? I'm the middle child. You're the middle child. So I'm the okay. middle child. Yeah. I'm the middle child. Someone actually put on Facebook yesterday, a friend of mine who was asking a series of questions. She's like, um, quick questions. I'm going to ask one each day. One was, have you ever had your own room? I'm like, heck no. Like, <laughs> I was a middle child. So like oh. you basically, I was with my older child when we were in the same school. And then when she moved on to the next level, right. I was put in the room with my younger child mm-hmm. or my younger sister. So, so I was always kind of like, in I was a middle child. I was always, yeah, right. I, it was in between, you know, mm-hmm. I always got the hand-me-downs and I always had a share room. Um, so but there's, I think, uh, it's interesting, the pecking order, um, and where you fall and some of the information. Okay. So middle child, um, yeah, I grew up in New York, um, okay. but outside the city in the Hudson Valley. Okay. Um, towards Beautiful. the New Paltz area, just North of West Point. Okay. Yeah. Pretty. Um, we lived in a really small little town. Um, very few people. Um, I think our entire high school was maybe 300 people. Okay. Um, it's tiny. Yes. Uh, maybe a graduating class of just under a hundred. Right. Um, I, uh, yeah, I decided when I was in high school that I liked uh, the creative world, but I didn't know in what capacity. Okay. Um, and let's just say I wasn't a stellar academic <laughs> in any stretch of the imagination. Fair enough. Um, and um, my parents um, didn't necessarily understand the creative world. Hmm. So there was a lot of concern. Oh my gosh, like, will she be able to make any money? What is she going to do? And, right. you know, um, there probably was a lot of concern on their end about my choice to pursue sure. what, how I was going to pursue, you know, college and what I wanted to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I had a really loving, loving family. Mm. Um, I would say that probably, um, what, 
um, drove me and probably in hindsight, when I look back is I overheard my parents talking once being concerned about, Hey, how do you make money in the creative world? I mean, really, okay. um, how is she going to, how is she going to hold her own? And do we need to be prepared? Like, how old were you at this point? Oh, I was, uh, maybe in 11th, 12th grade. Oh, okay. So teenager. And, and like I said, academically, not so good. I was right. lucky. My dad knew a couple of my teachers, you know, I think I barely got on the cusp of passing some of those grades, but, okay. um, you know, I was a really hard worker. So school was kind of secondary. Mm. I more prided myself on having jobs through okay. my entire, I think I started working when I was 14. Um, and that was the one thing I think my, I got from my father. He was, owned his own small business. Okay. Um, he was an electrician and he had a partner and um, they started something from scratch, worked really hard, wasn't easy, but figured out how to get to a place that helped sustain both their families and right. had employees. Um, and it was impressive to kind of watch that grow. And it was also impressive to to see kind of the nebs and flows when the economy wasn't good mm. and when they had to lay off and how they had to do all the, the reality themselves. Realities. Yeah. Um, and to see him literally like go in at five o'clock in the morning and be the one that was physically on the ladder doing the work while he was still managing. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you're one of the troop um, while you're still have all the other responsibilities. Um, yeah. So it was wild. It was wild. I think at that point I told myself that's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to work for a big corporation, <laughs> oh. which, which is really what drove me to to do that later in life. Right. Um, but I was really impressed by his his work ethic. So um, I got a job when I was fourteen. Um, I probably worked twenty hours a week when I was fourteen, and okay. then just kept. I kept pursuing, like, okay, what else can I do? I like the idea of being independent, having money in my pocket. I like the idea of being able to accomplish things. So I worked throughout my entire high school. What were um, the jobs usually? You know, I worked on anything from, I was in retail where I worked at the mall okay. and, you know, I was uh, a sales associate, I think for Express at the time, which was a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, I waited tables at our local, a local little restaurant that probably is more indicative of a diner than a restaurant. Okay. Um, but for a small town, it was like ours. Right. Um, yeah, I did anything and everything, babysat, anything I could do. Um, and then... Um, was it to be... Um, have a feeling of independence and, oh, no doubt. and having just your own spending money. I think a combination of all of that. Right. Um, and my parents were super generous, um, but my mom was, uh, and she still is, which I love her. She's brilliant. She's, she was crazy frugal. So she was ah. like, she was the woman that was like, here. yeah, we had five kids. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. So you have to figure out how to spread the wealth. Right. You know? And my mom knew like some days are going to be good in my dad's business and other days are not. And, um, and you kind of got to live. Yeah. You have yeah. to be really, Exactly. That was our yeah. You just never experience. know. You yeah. just never know. So she Different was years she or... was yeah, and she embedded lessons into it. So it's hilarious. We'd be out, and she'd be like, "Hey, you're getting this much money for back to school shopping. Mm-hmm. If you choose two things, that's fine. But that's all you'll have to wear to school. If you can figure out how to stretch that and mm. get five outfits out of that, and she would take us all over town to all the discount places mm-hmm. to see, you know, and plus we weren't allowed to get something unless we could do the discount on it. So if it's 30% off, if you really want it, you have to tell me what the discount is. Like okay. how much will it cost after the discount? I was like, oh, oh, I hate math to this day. I hate math. Um, but that's kind of 
that was a good lesson in life. It was a really good lesson in life. A, a reality lesson. A reality lesson. Yes. Um, which served me well later in life. Right. Um, <laughs> now, more than even, you know, at the time. Um, right. But yeah, I, I think I loved the independence. I loved um, the ability to kind of just go with a friend and mm. grab some pizza or whatever. Right. Um, and have my money and I don't have to ask my parents for it. Um, and that was... I think that was just instilled as mm. a young, as young when I was mm-hmm. young. So hard work was always something. Um, but one night I overheard my parents and I think this was the thing that kind of like, and, and they were, wor- I, like I could hear the worry in their mouth and they're in their voice. And, and what was coming out of their mouth were things like, um, you know, it's no big deal. It's no big deal. If, if it doesn't work out, this creative thing doesn't work out. Like she'll just come back. She'll be my secretary. And here I was thinking, Oh my God, like they're really thinking they're going to have to take advantage. They're going to have to take care of me for the rest of my life. Like that he's going to have to give me a job and that there's a very good likelihood that I'm going to be coming home. Um, and as the story goes, um, I left when I was 18. Um, I went to a college in Long Island okay. um, because I really wanted to pursue a creative, a creative degree, but I didn't have a strong portfolio. And I knew okay. that if I wanted to do something, I'd need to go to a good school, but I'd have to first earn my way there. I'd have to build a strong portfolio, go mm. somewhere temporarily and move on. Okay. So I went to a uh, school in Long Island. I built my portfolio and then I applied to FIT. Oh, I went home for one summer between, between those two and okay. then never went home again. Um, I just went off on my own. Okay. I, it was my thing. It was like, I think it was to say, Hey, I will show you <laughs> that I can sustain myself. That I can do this. I can do this. And this is, I am going to be the least of your worries in life. Um, and that was a pretty good. Do you good, think that was like a kind of like a seminal moment of like a motivator? Huge, to, huge moment. Right. Huge moment. Did they know that that you had had that in your psyche? No, but later, later in life, we have dialogue about it. Like I will, I'll talk about it with them and I'll be like, I I know for a fact that was for me, the springboard to say it was a dry, it was definitely more of a driving factor for me to prove that I can be successful in, in a creative capacity. Right. Um, and I know some of those things can backfire on parents and some of them actually work. This just happened to work for me. Um, and again, I don't think it was intentional. It was totally just them having real conversation about a concern they had for me as a child. Um, you don't know. We don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not a parent, but then also it's like, all right, well, this is kind of what we can see in front of us. Yeah. And then yeah, I guess time will tell the realities of what will happen. Totally. And your vantage point. I mean, I can, I admire the fact that from their peripheral, like they, their world Mm -hmm. didn't consist of, they knew electricians and they knew people that were for IBM and they knew school teachers and they knew professions. Um, but they, they came from a small town. There was no marketing agency. There was no graphic sure. design teams. There so were your, no- your broader perspective was broader than they could have had access to in their totally. right in your imagination. Totally. Said, I know that there has got to be things that yeah. are um, out there that I'm going to love to do pursue. Yeah. Exactly, and I and I respect the fact that their world was of such that they just didn't have experience. Right. You know, so their lack of experience of knowing people that could be successful in that industry led them to believe (laughs) that it's a very, it's a rarity, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So they had concern, uh, which I totally understand, but it definitely, it enabled me, gave me the fuel I needed to kind of prove 
that theory wrong to achieve um, something to achieve something yeah. yes why it goes back to my enneagram right, right. <laughs> um, so yeah it was so interesting i know yeah. so so i did that and then <laughs> this is totally my personality, huh? I went back and then I said, I'm going to go to FIT next year. Yeah. And I've done my one year of dorm. I'm ready to be on my own. I'm going to get my own apartment. In my, New York? In New York. And my father said, hmm. And I said, don't worry, I'm going to, I'm going to take, I'm going to have a roommate. Okay. And it was an old friend. It happened to be a guy. <laughs> my dad's like, okay, uh, hold on. Yeah. So you're going to move to New York. Right. You're going to a new school and you're going to live with a guy. guy. And I'm like, yeah, in a studio apartment because that's all we can afford. <laughs> with two futons on either side of the room and right. a small kitchen and a single bathroom. Were you paying for your own apartment? So uh, my dad in, said at the time, again, right. this goes back to like my parents being realistic with you know, what they could and couldn't do for us. Sure. My dad said, I will pay for your school. Cause it was a state school. I went to FIT. Okay. Um, I will pay for your school and I will give you what I would have paid for you to be in a dorm, um, which I thought was pretty generous. Very generous. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I clearly didn't understand all of the other incidentals in terms of like living on my own. Um, Buying and, paper towels. Right. And, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All Food your, every all day. Your groceries. And, and <laughs> art supplies. You know, you go to art school and no one ever tells you that besides the the book prices, which is like scandalous. Astronomical. Your, your art supplies are crazy, you know, mm. and it's like, oh, wow. Wow. Okay. So I worked 40 hours a week. Oh my goodness. Because I wasn't going to go back on something I already decided and said ah. I could do. So I was going to figure out how to do it. So your inner like mojo was just like, I will not fail. That's right. I will That's right. Figure That's right. Failure is not an option. Failure is not an option. It's not an option. It's 40 not an hours option. a week and going to FIT. So I got a job at the Gap on 34th Street. Okay. And I couldn't afford to get home any other way but walk to 18th Street, which at the time... Um, the city uh, was a little shady, and the west side, okay. um, walking down uh, down the west side, Ninth Avenue, um, was you know questionable at night. At, ma- at night, you okay. know, across Thirty Fourth Street, dodging like garbage and rats and all these. I didn't know what I got myself into. Here I am, a little, little small country girl, <laughs> right. moving so you're to like the city 19, at eighteen. At I, I was nineteen at the time. Right. Yep. And I. Um, and I went to school all day and then I went to work at the gap, uh, at six o'clock. Um, and I'd work until, uh, you know, midnight, one, two, depending on the time of year. Oof. And then I'd walk home right? and I would do homework and then get up and start all over again. And I can remember one night, my, um, my roommate, he leaned up and he goes, if I hear another marker on a piece of paper, Tonight, I'm going to crush you. <laughs> you know, like, it will be your end, right. you know? But I'm like, but I have to get my work done. I mean, I know I know. Was it's like two in, in the morning. He had graduated college and had gotten a job in New York. So we had known each other from from uh, our hometown. Oh, okay. Um, so we were- I was were, like, how did this match up? I was in my second year of college, and he had graduated and gotten a job. Okay. Um, so so he, he was like the nine to five route. Totally. And you're like working, a Working a real job like a grown up and right. going out and enjoying his nights where I was still like 
trying to prove myself and going to school all day and working all night and then coming home and doing homework. So is this where coffee probably saved your life? This is where coffee saved my life. Right. That's Um, the name of this podcast. I'm serious. (laughs) Like I think I had coffee on the, A, it's filling, right? So if you're a college student, you have no money and you got to figure it out. Okay. Chinese food and coffee are your two best friends. Fair enough. Why? Because like a broccoli and garlic sauce with rice could be like two or three meals. Yeah, leftovers. Yeah. I think it was like $5 at the time. And I was like, oh, score. Like, that's lunch and that's dinner. I mean, it's $2.50. You cannot get lunch and dinner for $2.50. No. So, um, so it was, yeah, I think it was, um, it was a rough ride, but I graduated. Okay. Um, and when I graduated, um, with, I graduated with a marketing degree. So an advertising art, um, and design with a minor in packaging. Um, Mm. and I thought what I wanted to do is get into marketing. Okay. Um, And I got hired. I got really, really lucky. My sister was working for a company, um, when I totally date myself, but they owned brands like no excuses, crayons, um, Marla Maples was the spokesperson for No Excuses okay. back in the day with the whole scandal with uh, Trump. Same time. Right. Crazy. All of it was crazy. What is No Excuses? No Excuses was a jean brand. Jean brand, right? Yeah. It was a jean brand. I feel like the, I feel like when I think of that, I think of like Spencer's. Yeah. Or like probably, something. Probably in all of those stores. What was in all Hot stores. Topic or something? I'm sure. Anyway. In the mall. Yeah, and, No Excuses. Yeah, okay. All that. Fast trends. Right. All that. So... Um, I hired right out of school, but when I got hired, I had been, I'd kind of like worked my way up in, in the gap when I was in college because I need to earn more money. So of course, all I kept saying was, okay, what, what can Give I do you more responsibility next? Yeah. I was like, I want to be a key holder. Great. Right. You can be a key holder. Um, or you can, you know, oh, you, you're really good at merchandising. Why don't you come in and, and merchandise every time we get a new floor set and the delivery arrives? Why don't you come in and do that? Sure. Oh, you're really good at that. Why don't you train the other people in the district to do it? Mm. So I had the opportunity based on them seeing a little bit of, you know, something in me, but also me really needing hustling to, hu- to hustle to, to, like, to change that paycheck. That's, up. Right. That's right. I was like, wait, what does that give me? Right. My paycheck, you know, yes, I'll do it. Um, so, you know, I was still at the gap when I had gotten the job, when I graduated, um, at the, to be more of like kind of an art director of a very small team. There was only three oh. of us. Um, but I thought, Oh, that's such a great opportunity. I need to take this. And the gap was really great. And they were like, mm, will you still stay on two nights a week for us? And I was like, I'm young. I think I could do this. So I did. And I'm really glad I did because I hated the advertising aspect. Ah. I just did not find, I found it to be, um, I liked it. I liked the work. I just didn't like the environment. Hmm. I didn't. And you know, when you feel culturally, like you're in a place and you don't align. Yeah. Culturally, like, I don't feel like this is a fit for me. Sure. You know, there's scandals going on all around me and I'm like, oh, this is just noise. I just want to focus on my creative project, you know? Um, And I was young. So all of that was overwhelming. And and I thought, I don't think, I know I went to school for this, but I don't know if Mm -hmm. this is what I want to do long term. Um, And I was really lucky because at the time I was still had one foot at the gap. And again, I'm going to date myself, but, um, my regional manager at the time said, Hey, the gap is looking to birth a new concept. Okay. Um, and if you'd be willing to take, you know, a leap of faith with us, we'd like you to help run the first flagship store from a creative capacity for old Navy. 
Ah. So Old Navy, okay. Old Navy today Heard is not of it. nearly, yeah, not nearly as aspirational maybe of a brand, but a really good strong brand as uh-huh. it was back in the day. But back in the day for a creative person, you were like, seriously, like a new concept, one store. You um, could start fresh from the beginning. So good. Right. Yeah, loved it. So I was like, you know what? I think I'm in. Right. And it was probably the best decision I ever made in my life. Hmm. Um, because I moved there and I opened the first store. Was I, it like a nine to five? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I slept, I slept maybe in four hour shifts for the first year and I drank Ooh. a whole lot of iced coffee from the coffee vendor on the corner. So my, <laughs> my level of quality of coffee was not very good. It has varied over the years. But it was all about fuel. Um, right. It was totally about fuel. Because I will make this work. I will make this work. Okay. And in addition, I used it as an opportunity. Someone took, like, she, she like, the fact that, um, they wanted me to do this job made me want to do it even better, you know, mm. because I was asked to come back and to play this role. Um, I felt like I couldn't let them down because they obviously advocated for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I felt like I needed to make this work. And this was really important as a, as a company. Was what like, was your role that you stepped so I into? Was, I, I literally was like the visual manager over the store, but okay. I had like a team of, I had maybe 11 people at some point, but I, so you're like 23. Oh yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah if you're that. a young yeah, pup. Totally. Totally. Right. But I loved it. I loved it. Like I loved the, I love the challenge. Like it was like, okay, you have 300 boxes coming in tonight. And out of those 300 boxes, that probably has to be a small shipment. You have to operationalize it coming in off the truck. You have had to have designed where all that product's going yeah. and how it's going to set up in the store. And I feel tired already. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a whole thing. Yes. It's a whole thing. And I literally would go home and sleep for four hours and then come back to the store because I had such ownership. It was like right. my home. You know what I mean? It was like everything about it. I'm here to prove. Yes. Yes. Especially at that age, you want to like see yourself accomplish something. Totally. Yeah. And then it didn't take long. And my, um, the vice president of visual merchandising for, um, old Navy came in, did a store visit, spent more time with me every time she was in the city Mm -hmm. with her team, very small team. There was like three people, I think at the time at headquarters for, um, old Navy. And she's like, with one, one store at this point, one store at this point. And then they were thinking of the strategy. Um, I mean, they were, I think they hit over maybe 1100 stores. Maybe they're at 800 and change now um, with some nutrition, but, um, I mean, that's a big chain. It's a big chain. It's ginormous. So we started as one. Right. And I got the, the luxury of like doing things like going to a flea market on a Saturday and buying all kinds of props and oh. and just working with the creative team and designing windows. And that um, does kind of sound so pretty dreamy. Fun, so fun. Yeah. So dreamy. But she came in and she spent time with me. And again, like. And this is what I try to tell my kids all the time is sometimes a door opens or a window opens or someone places a bet on you hmm. and it's a lucky moment in time. And even though you may have earned it in some capacity, the fact that they're giving you an opportunity mm-hmm. is, is you have to be so gracious and, and thankful. Right. Um, and she did. She's like, Hey, I would love for you to come and work for me in San Francisco. I'd love for you to work for the corporate um, headquarters. Um, so again, I'm like in my early twenties and I'm like, what? This is awesome. Right. Um, and it was scary because I've never lived anywhere but New York. Sure. And I'm like, that's 
far. <laughs> like California's That's far. almost the farthest. Yeah. Right. I mean, how many people can get on a plane and come visit you? I'm like, I'm not going to see anybody. You know, it's going to be, you know, my family, maybe they come out twice a year. That'd be a lot. It's a long trip. Right. It's expensive, San Francisco. Um, but I did it. I was like, you know, I'm doing this. What else? What do I have to lose? Sure. Um, and I did. She took a risk on me and I went out and I was part of a small core group and I worked with some crazy talented people and I learned so much about just the retail business mm. um, from a corporate perspective. And I ran, um, I played many different roles, but I ran their um, their kids visual merchandising department from a headquarters where we wrote all the directives and how the stories needed to set up. Mm-hmm. And then I worked in a flagship capacity which was awesome because it gave me an opportunity to go and open these new flagship stores. So we had had our New York flagship store. And then in some consecutive order, we were like in Seattle and I was there for three, three weeks opening Mm. that store. So I got to live in Seattle yeah, um, for a little nanosecond, but still get a feel for it. I got to live in Chicago. Um, So I had an opportunity to kind of work my way all, all in major cities throughout the country that and is I so fun. I would have never had a chance yes. to do that. Ever. On their dime. On their dime. Yeah. Just even better. Nice hotels, uh-huh. some good dinners, and wine every night. Yeah. Um, I used to do events um, back in long time ago, but I used to do events. So we would go to different cities for like a couple days at a time, depending on the event. But you would go to um, you would go to a city and have the capacity to explore somewhere like a Boise, Idaho, or I mean, even places like Chicago or, you know, like, yeah. And then they, you know, on their dime, which was just like such a huge blessing. It is a blessing. And then you got to. Yeah. And that experience. And expand your palette of like also to like know what America is like outside of your own little town or wherever you are. Vantage point so much. Yeah. It's Um, like so invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. And you get to interact with people who are locals. So you get to see it from a local perspective, right? Sure. sure You felt that too. Like if your vantage point is that of more of a local lifestyle, know this. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, wow. And you can't know that unless you're like in there walking the streets. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I worked on their flagship projects. Um, I trained their teams to do kind of what I was doing when I was in my original job. Mm-hmm. And then um, and I was there for just, I was in uh, San Francisco for just under two years, um, which was both the job was great. The people I worked with, I have to say, even to this day, like I feel like that team of people, mm. yes, shaped who I became because mm-hmm. I just had such, I just, I held them all at such a high level. I just, I saw so, so many of them had so many amazing things as a person mm-hmm. from a talent perspective. It just was, it was awesome. Um, but I, I, Felt like I needed San Francisco in my life to kind of soften my New York edge. Okay. <laughs> and it was brilliant because it allowed me the work more culture. More hippy-dippy. Totally. I was like, wait, I'm like at a park with a book uh-huh. on a Saturday. Like in New York, it'd be like go, maybe go, five go, minutes. Go, go. Yeah, five, right. maybe five minutes. But there are other things I need to get done. Um, so California was exactly what I needed for me personally and professionally. Mm. Um, but, um, my husband, current husband okay. was my boyfriend at the time. And he, um, was from Brooklyn. We met in college ah. and he was working for the NYPD. Okay. No opportunity to move to California. And, um, were you t- together? 
we were together, but when I moved, <clears throat> it was a good moment for us to take a break uh-huh. and decide like, Hey, is we're this, on a break. <laughs> is this a long-term relationship or sure. is this just kind of like, cause you met college? him in your twenties. I did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he was young. He's a year and a half younger than me though. He says he's two years. He's only a year and a half. Okay. Um, and so we, we kind of took a little time off and then we realized, and eh, distance really does make the heart grow fonder. Ah. Um, and he came out and he proposed and I was it's like, to San Francisco. Yes. Okay. And I was like, Oh, like, okay. Between this and I love New York. It's like my roots. Uh-huh. It's like, it always, it's like this magnet that draws me back at all times. We always say we're going to be retiring in New York city. Okay. <laughs> no, it'll be this magnet. like the opposite. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I was like, Hey, these two things. So I went to my boss and, um, who had taken the chance on me, brought me out. Mm-hmm. And, and I had just said, I love the job. I love working for you. Um, cause I really did. And, um, but my life's in New York and, you know, she was from Brooklyn. So her and Joe had two little Kindle spirits, like the two had mm. lots to talk about all the time. So she knew Joe wasn't moving. Um, and she knew that was kind of like a thing. So she said, you know what? I've been thinking a lot and I think your job can be remotely based in New York. Wow. She allowed me and wow. one other person at the time, it grew to four people to actually have a remote office in New York as an extension, which again was a gift, you know? And sure. I was like, these are gifts. Like these are total gifts. Here I am. Because they could easily say corporate, like usually doesn't care. Yeah. And so in that moment, this job's based in San Francisco. In that if you moment, can't be here, I'm sorry. You right. Know? I mean, which I would have respected and understood. So I was like, you're ready to Whoa. go in and put your yeah. notice in, but you got the extension yes. on your career that you love. Yes. So I was, I was of course like crazy appreciative. Um, and we'd made it work. You mm-hmm. know, we made it work for a couple of years. It was really good. I had to do a lot of travel. Um, and, and you're like in your late twenties at this yeah, point. And, and we had gotten married, um, in 99. Okay. And so after we had gotten married, we had tried to have some kids and I was doing a lot of travel and stress and it was not working for us. Um, and we went through a lot of like fertility and, Mm. uh, miscarriages and it was a really, really trying time. And sure. And that was again, another milestone in life where you're like, okay, where are my priorities? And, and I was like, I really love my job. Um, but I feel Nothing like maybe family. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I need to slow down. My body needs to heal and we need to focus on having a family. Um, so I did, um, I resigned from my current position Sure. and within like, within like, I don't even know, 30 to 60 days, an old, an old, um, boss of mine called me and said, Hey, you know, as you know, I jumped ship from the gap and went to Victoria's secret and the chairman, um, is thinking about putting together an incubation team, a team made up of a couple of kind of forward thinking people that can help him birth his next few, uh, brands. This episode of cocktails and conversation is brought to you by the dinner party project. The Dinner Party Project is all about connecting humans around the dinner table. Right now, we are mostly based in Orlando, Florida. Whether it's joining seven strangers in an intimate setting around a dinner table or sitting in the street of Orange Avenue with 100 others watching flamethrowers, we love helping people feel connected to others and their city. We also offer private parties. So if you have a birthday, anniversary, team building dinner, or corporate event coming up, 
we can create a custom memorable event that you and your guests won't soon forget. We also help brands connect with their consumers by exposing their product in an elevated way to their target demographic. So if you live in the Orlando area, haven't joined us yet, what are you waiting for? We can't wait to hear your story around the dinner table. For more information, you can visit us at thedinnerpartyproject.co. Okay. Under the umbrella of Victoria's Secret. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, I, I'm like trying to take some time on my own. But, <laughs> you know, again, like this is an opportunity that, that does not come your way. You know, this idea, like if someone said to me, write down what is your ideal job? Mm-hmm. My ideal job would be, let me just keep ideating, creating and not have any level of responsibility affiliated with the business right. on a day in and day out basis, which ends up being distraction. He has just wrote the ticket for my ideal job and it's being handed to you, handed to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So I said, let me take, I need to take the summer and then I'm all yours. So I did. I took the summer and I had not gotten pregnant, um, but um, I had committed to going back to this job. Okay. And it was brilliant. I got to work again with some of the most creative minds in the in the industry and Pink was birthed. Uh-huh. So the concept Pink under Victoria's Secret. Okay. Um, and then we worked on um, a, a workwear concept for Express. We helped try to regulate um, the limiteds. Um, in-store presentations, um, designed all new mannequins and things of that. So super fun job. Yeah. Super fun job. Um, and that was good. But, um, when the economy started going south, this is the like 2008 times. Exactly. He said, I need to, I need to reconsider. And okay. In the midst of all that, I had, I gave birth to my first child. Oh, okay. I was pregnant on working. I got pregnant while I was working there. Okay. Um, and then, um, Basically, he said, I need to think about kind of like our operating model. And this is this is a nice to have, not a must have. And I'm going to put whoever I can into each of the brands right. that are the most meaningful um, for the portfolio at the end of the day. So I got placed in Victoria's Secret. Um, Switching back from the kind of from the, the creative team, creative team yes. to Victoria's Secret running visual merchandising. Okay. Um, so... Uh, I had a team of about a hundred people. Um, yeah. And my creative team was based in New York. My operations team was based in Columbus, Ohio. So I, and then I had a field based team that was throughout the country. Um, sure. And I did a lot of travel again. <laughs> Pregnant? Yes. And, uh, and then proceeded to have my second child. Whoa. And then I realized this is, this is like not, not sustainable. sustainable. Um, and my kids were, it was fine maybe when they were young, um, we had a lot of help, um, mm-hmm. because of my position, I was able to have a nanny and have some support mm-hmm. at home, which I felt confident about. Um, and I knew they were being loved and well taken care of. And of course, type A personality that I am had already, you know, that was, she, she just was my one-on-one employee. Like, you know, I had, you know, all the things that I thought were important for me as a mom, hmm. um, of what I wanted my kids to be doing on a daily basis, eating, so on and so forth. So, right. um, I felt really confident though, about them being in the hands of really good people. Um, and then it was more about quality time and not quantity time. So when I was home, I was home. Right. And it very was like, present, very present, on. just about us and the kids. Right. Um, and that was it. Um, but then when they started to get older, um, you know, we were like, what do we want to do? And my husband's like, 
I really want a slower pace life. I want to mm. get out of New York for a little while mm-hmm. um, and just take a moment. Because regardless of what profession you're in, it's like... You can't get that time back. No. And it's it's like in New York, you work at 100 times more the pace mm-hmm. than you do anywhere else in the country. Like, and it, you just feel... And everyone's work ethic is like that. Like, it's like, da, 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 you know, and... And we were both like, I think we need, we both need a break. And he's like, I have a job offer in Florida. I was like, what? <laughs> I thought you were going to say somewhere in else. The in the police in, department? Yeah, or yeah. in the... He was working for the government at the time. Okay. So he had, he had um, moved from NYPD to the government. And he said... I think we should seriously consider it. And I'm like, Florida, <laughs> have you lost your mind? Could you imagine me in Florida? And he's like, I think there's so much about Florida you don't know. And I'm so glad that I gave it a moment mm-hmm. to really, my parents had moved to the land about uh, two years prior to us even considering moving. And um, we thought South Florida. I was like, okay, maybe South Florida. Like maybe right. a little bit more of the hustle and bustle of South Florida uh-huh. um, could be interesting. And then maybe I could figure out what I'll do next if I'm near me. That's a whole city. new world also in South Florida. whole new world. Yeah. <laughs> so we realized like right. it, was a, it was a wild couple of months of educating ourselves mm. of like going and then migrating a little further north and a little further north. And, and then at some point I was like. Okay, maybe we should just look for where my parents live. And my mom was ecstatic. She sure. had an entire day planned. She has grandkids coming. Oh, yeah. She had an entire day planned of how she was going to woo us okay. to be in Central Florida. And she nailed it. Yeah. I mean, she nailed it. She's she no dummy. Us, she took us all the little hidden gems in the little cobblestone streets and all the little quaint neighborhoods. And I was like, mm. All right, I she think knew, I could do she this. knew probably Orlando was like the closest to your reality. I think so. Right. I think probably so. Probably not out in... The boonies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And she like, you know, she, I mean, she had it all laid out. She had like, we, we, and then we became exposed to things like, you know, a movie in the park, like, all right, like in New York to go to Central Park to have them, you have to set up your, your stuff like, you know, 24 hours in advance, right? you know, to get your spot, you know, here it was like, wait, what? We can, you can show walk up like over? 30 minutes, you know, max earlier before and just uh-huh. set your blanket down and find room in the park and watch a movie with your kids. We were like, this is amazing. The quality the of quality. life. Yeah. Yeah. So we said, this is, this is what we're going to do. Mm. Uh, so again, I had to have that conversation with my boss. And I was like, uh, we're going to move to Florida. And um, and I clearly understand this job is based either in New York or Columbus, Ohio. Right. Ideally, that's where the teams are and that's where the company is based. Um, and I'll do everything I can to set you up for success. Get my succession plan in place. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Responsible. You know, it was <laughs> like, and she is like, you're kidding, right? And I go, no. She goes, if you don't mind a commute, I'd like you to to stay on. Oh, wow. And I was like, seriously? What? Like, you're going to pay for me to commute to come back? This is not like a train ride. This is like multiple planes a week and hotels Oof. and dinner while I'm traveling. And she said, yeah, I, I'd really like you to stay on. So I was like, wow. That um, is huge. Huge. Tracy. Yeah, huge. Oh so, so I said to myself, like, okay, here are your choices, right? Choices are to go. And you enjoyed working. I, I loved it. Right. And I really loved my team. Like, I loved my team. I think that's, like... A game changer. A game changer. Yeah. Like, if you loved who you work with, and I really loved who I worked with. Right. Like, it wasn't... It didn't feel like... 
it didn't feel like work. It felt like friends, you know mm. what I mean? Like you're around a bunch of friends. That's a we huge all blessing. Yeah. Not everyone has that. No, no. And I've been really lucky enough to have it over a multitude of times in my corporate experience. And right. that is been, I mean, I didn't necessarily love everybody I worked with outside of my team, but I love my nucleus, my team. Sure. Um, and that was brilliant. Yes. Um, so I was like, eh, I'll chew it. Like what the heck? So the alarm would go off at 3 a.m. I catch, I catch a flight to Charlotte from Charlotte to Ohio. And I'd be at my first nine 30 meeting. Um, and I did it for, I did it for four years, um, for four Oof. years. And there were days as my son started getting older that I was like, I'm, I have to see one of his ball games or I have to see some, I would fly back to see a game and fly back up to make it for my meeting the next day. So I literally was on that is a life, nothing short of eight trips a week. Um, I ranked up lots of frequent flyer miles, but, right. but I also, it was really productive. I realized as even at my busiest, mm-hmm. I was so well organized because I had all that downtime on the plane. Right. So on the plane, I was like, here's my to-do list and get all my emails settled, whatever. Like I felt so accomplished. <sighs> That's making me tired already. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So I got really lucky. Okay. And, and then that got tiring. It yeah. got tiring. And it just, you know, my kids started to get into the middle school age and I thought now's the time I have to be present. Mm. Like really present middle school this and high school. This is shaping who they're going to be. Very much. Yes. And I need to know who they're hanging out with and what they're doing. And that's hands on. Yep. And what their downtime is. And that I could not exactly, I couldn't sign that to somebody. Mm. That had to be me. I wanted to know who their friends were. Right. Um, I wanted to understand their friends' values. I wanted to. So um, that's when I decided um, that I went into my boss and I said, you know, I've made a decision. Like this hmm. is my decision. The time and has come. The time has come. Yeah. And, and it's, it's been, you know, it's, it's reared its head over the past couple of years, but now it's, this is it. Right. Um, and she was super gracious and I gave her 30 days notice and, um, made sure that I leave, you know, my time team dry. first and foremost. Sure. Yeah. In any, in any place. Yeah. Wrapped up all the projects and did all that fun stuff. And yeah. And then I came and I was like, for a year, I focused on my own well-being and mental health and tried to spend more time That's outside. A lot. Yeah. And you can do that in Florida more. Yes. <laughs> and transition. And it was a transition for all of us, my family included. You know, like, whoa, she's still Mom's here. Around. She's still here. She hasn't right. left yet. You know. <laughs> like, do, are you really going to be here seven days a week? Sure. You know. Um, and that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and I kind of said to myself, I totally understand how people now feel when they retire. Mm-hmm. There's that little bit of loss of who you are as a person, who you've identified yourself mm-hmm. with as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, that changed so quickly, you know? A really, really short side note on that. Um, I think it's also really interesting in these moments, in this moment of um, COVID of, um, you know, some people are not in the same professions anymore. Um, and they're not in the same roles and maybe they don't have the same titles and, um, the reality of who we are as people and not just the job title that we have. It's huge. It's huge because it really is the, the, the inside and the, and the, uh, quality of, of life and of person. And it's beautiful, of, of course, to be able to um, accomplish great things, but that is not the end all. Totally not. Of life. Yeah. yeah. And it takes, I mean, it's a humbling moment. Right. And it doesn't, I mean, it doesn't 
you can't get to that conclusion easy sometimes. Right. Um, and it's a hard journey, you know, to get there. And then all of a sudden you realize like, yeah, I'm not defined by any title I had. Right. You know, and if anything, those accomplishments are always yours to take with you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's more about, Hey, how do I use that? Um, for my next chapter. Yeah. Um, and that chapters are beautiful. And that's what I had to come to terms with is, Hey, like, you know, you can live many different lives and you can do many mm. different things. Right. Um, and just cause you did one thing really well, doesn't mean you can't do 10 other things just as well. So speaking of accomplishments, um, I would love to know, like kind of, as you look back over all your years from here, pre- uh, previous, but has there ever been a time that you kind of like a seminal moment of you like look back and you kind of were like, I feel so proud of this, or I feel so like for me, when I did my one year dinner party anniversary and we pulled it off, I remember that night looking back and being like, wow, like I yeah. felt a lot of pride in like yeah. what I did. Was there kind of a, a something for you? Um, personally, professionally, it could be anything like yeah. that you felt like. I feel, I'm, I mean, I, um, I feel like I had, um, it definitely had, um, points in which I felt like, wow, I can't believe I accomplished that. Mm-hmm. Like that was like, if I had to use an example, oh, um, I don't know. I mean, there's so many. And if any of them really, it was about, I think uh, there were lots of uh, projects I did that I was really proud of, but I think the things that I hold more near and dear that I'm most proud of is things like that um, I did to to help other people Mm. um, be recognized for what, because in a leadership capacity, I felt like my number one role always was like, yes, it was accomplishing that project, but because there were so many people below me that really earned the right to kind of shine in that moment too, was making sure that they felt also felt that, you know, because it takes, it takes a whole community to accomplish things at that level. Mm. Um, and so I'd say some of my, I mean, people I hired that were in very junior levels, by Mm -hmm. the time I left, they were in executive levels. They were senior vice presidents and vice presidents. And I would like to hope that I helped them open some doors and, Mm -hmm. or helped take my experience and, um, you know, showcase for them and share for them things that could help them get to where they needed to be. Um, so I don't know. I think my, my, when I look back more, my moments were like when I was able to get someone promoted, Uh you know, to one of those levels, um, from, you know, a junior level all the way to that, they earned it, but I was able to open the door for them the way someone had opened the door for me. That makes you proud. And that yeah, probably is the things that I hold more near and dear. I love that story. Yeah. That's so cool. Has there been, been a time or a season, um, uh, as we see a lot of leaders that have accomplished a lot of things, there's also the reality that no one escapes loss or tragedy or yes. things that have been hard or mental things, you know, like has there ever been a time or a season that you kind of felt like was a, a really challenging or low time that you feel like you also were able to move through and out of? Yeah. Um, Yes. Okay. So as you probably know, uh, working for a corporation is not so easy all the time. Sure. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, it was very much a boys club when I joined. Mm. Um, so there was a lot of trying to prove yourself. Um, uh, I can remember my son was, this probably was me being able to get, knowing the relationships are really important. 
my son was born. He was colicky. Um, I had just started. I was with, colicky. Yeah. My poor parents. It's, <laughs> I, I feel sorry for your parents. It was right. so, it's a difficult, you should give them lots of kudos. Give your mom a big hug and say, mom, I'm sorry. It's so trying yeah, as yeah. a parent. Oh, sleep deprivation is like, it's a real. I cannot. It's its own like yeah. mind boggling thing. But I can remember I, my, my boss was pregnant at the time and she gave birth four weeks after I gave birth. And I needed to come back to cover her maternity leave. Oof. So I had a child, my first child, colicky, never slept, just cried all the time. And of course, being a you know, first time parent, you're like, doc, you have to tell me what to do to, to appease this child. Like right. he's obviously in pain. What can I do? I'm a first time mom. I'm like, <laughs> I'm bawling. Right. He's crying. There has to be a way for me to make him feel better. Um, but I hadn't slept in, mm. in forever and I had to go back to work. Um, and that first week that I had to go back to work, there was a private dinner kind of like the ones you host. Right. And there was only eight of us around a table and it was all of the executive party and our chairman was there and it was a small little incubation team. And he happened to sit next to me and I'm like, Oh God, please You're about to don't, fall talk asleep. To me. Right. don't talk to me. I'm not going to be able to hold like, a, an, you know, an intelligent conversation because I barely can like move my tongue. Right. Um, and he, and he turned to me and he asked me something and I, I seriously didn't hear the question because I was so exhausted. And I looked at him, I go, you're going to have to forgive me. I had a, uh, um, I have a four week old and he's colicky and I haven't slept since he's been born. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, I don't know what any of that means or how that feels. And he turns around and he starts talking to the other person next to him. And at that time I sunk in my seat. So here I am. I'm like, oh, how am I going to come back from you, this You went ever? back to work after four weeks? Yeah. Lord. I know. It was crazy. I didn't do it for my second child, but my first, it was just, it happened to be that we were covering each other's, she covered my first four weeks and I covered hers when she went on maternity leave. It was just a whole thing. Right. Um, and of course, you know, first child, you're like, oh, like, of course I'm going to be ready to go back to new, work. though. You don't know. So brand new. Right. Yeah. Never say never. Or never, never identify what you will never do because until you're in a position. Fair enough. You just don't know. Fair enough. You know? Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. a big lesson for me. I'm like, I I'm like don't ever say what kind of parent you'll be. Yeah. Once you become a parent. All bets are off. You just try to keep your head above water. Sure. Um, but those moments of like interaction where then you had to turn yourself around and say, mm. now I got to prove myself to this guy, like my worth right. in this round table. Cause I've totally just, he's like, I don't like what? Mm. Cause he probably had like 10 nannies and you know, other people dealt with that. He didn't deal with that. He was focused on his, he has no idea in his body what it is to live through mm -hmm. some of those things. But you read all these articles and, and I feel like this is true. All of these what people that have made companies like these amazing things, like they have done it um, with a, such a maniacal focus mm -hmm. that this whole notion of work-life balance for those guys did not, not exist. exist. Those people, it, yes. does, it does not exist. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest thing people try to do is try to accomplish this work-life balance mm -hmm. when you want to be something like, you're not going to be the next Steve Jobs and have work-life balance. It's just... Not a reality. It's a re it's a, it's rare. It's very rare, yeah. you know? And I think we set ourselves up for failure when, mm -hmm. you try to, when we try to do that. And I think that's why I decided ultimately to make that move and say, what can I do here? How can I... How can I be, how can I switch my, how I'm utilizing my time mm. 
and, and how do I focus first and foremost on my family and that right. part of, because you, you just can't do, you can't do both and yeah. it's reality for me. Um, so speaking of where you are now, um, I just wanted to say that I just, uh, have kind of what I've known you, I've seen you uh, bring something really beautiful to the community with New General. So if you haven't been to this shop, it's in uh, Winter Park on not, it's not New England. It is is New England. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not in in New England and uh, you've just done, obviously knowing all of this and just uh, the trajectory that you were on, like the, obviously the merchandising that you've done such a beautiful job of curating a space and the simplicity of it and just the the feeling of being in there and then being offered such a beautiful clean um offering and palette uh is so important and it does cost extra and it, it is a luxury that we do have but the the value and the awareness of of how important these things are of course of what we put in our body and how we have a work-life balance and all of these yeah. like mentally taking care of ourselves mentally and, yeah. and physically. And of course, like the food that we eat and, and the drinks that we consume do have such a big effect on us, but you've done it in such a beautiful, elegant and excellent thank way you. in this community. So thank you for kind of all that you've done and incorporating me sometimes into that and just kind of seeing your growth and being a part of, you know, like what, what I've, you know, been doing as well. So just thank you for yeah, being a part you. Oh, of thank you so much. Those are such kind words. Orlando's Orlando's growth. I think it, it it's it's awesome to see people invest here and like that is what makes city special, right? I don't I'm not going for better or for worse, to a mall. I'm not going to a city to like check out their mall, right? We go to a city for the the culture and the texture and the color and people are behind that and making a city into a San Francisco or a Chicago or Austin, Texas or something like that. It, and it is the people that shape that, um, that we can't live without. So in effort uh, to to wrap up on time, we're going to shift to the next yeah. one, which is the Enneagram, which we won't uh, dive too deep. Uh, sadly, we're uh, not uh, we don't have quite as much time. But um, the Enneagram for me has been like some of your people that have worked for you have been a very powerful tool yep. and um, a really great headspace for me to learn more about myself so I can like learn that I am built very differently than some other people. I need to learn how I operate in the world. I need to learn how I show up in the world. Um, and some of those things were, were really eye-opening for me yeah. that I didn't realize, right? Yeah. So, you're like, I'm intimidating. I'm like five <laughs> foot one. I'm like tiny person. And I just couldn't wrap my head around maybe some of the ways that other people see me, which you have mentioned as well, has been helpful to get that insight so that we can know ourselves better And then knowing all of the nine numbers on the Enneagram helps us to give a framework for other people to say, you're built very differently, right? Not everyone is your number. Um, So the beauty of being able to see somebody for who they are and to hopefully love them well, give them grace and have grace given to us, you know, kind of when we need it in those spaces. For me, the Enneagram has been that tool to give me the language to know myself better and yeah. other people better. Well said. You're kind of dipping your toe in I at am. this point. <laughs> <laughs> you're well more, you're more knowledgeable about this than I am 
from any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But I printed the sheet you sent me. Yeah. And I looked through it even more. Mm-hmm. So I So we've landed at least on the number. Yes. Which is kind of a no-brainer. <laughs> <laughs> but would be a number. I know I was I was mentioning to you that of course like I took this four years ago and I for the life of me could not remember what I landed on. Okay. But, you know, t- to be fair, there were drinks involved. My team was over my house at the time, and um, it was all the rage. Like two of my bruises were all about it. Like anybody who came in, it was like, "What's your number?" And you right. know, someone, "Oh, that makes sense." And blah blah blah. And I was like, "Okay, I got to take this thing." Right. Um, so I took it that night, and I. I totally did not remember. So, so when you had sent me that, I was like, oh man, what was I? What was I? Uh-huh. So of course I sent her a text and I'm like, well, she knew immediately. I'm like, I love the fact that yeah. I didn't remember, but you totally remembered. Right. Um, and then at the same time, simultaneously, I was like, oh, it'd be interesting to see how like my closest friends view me too. Mm. So I sent it to my closest friends who I knew would give me their honest opinion. Yeah. I was like, just give it to me. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, they came up with the same thing that I actually landed on four years ago when I took the test. Um, so it's like, all right, okay. I guess it is. <laughs> I, what it is. I need to listen to this. <laughs> I need to listen to this, right? Um, but yeah, so three, uh huh, the achiever, the achiever, surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> all all based on the fact that I overheard my parents not thinking I will achieve anything. <laughs> Just, right. I don't know. And I here you are. Was, yeah, and here I am. Right. Um, but yeah, totally. Uh, and then when I read it a little bit closer, I'm like, yes, success oriented. Yes. Like failure is not in my terminology. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, honest, I look at this and I'm like, I do, you had made mention about like the one, um, being closely Similar. related. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, I, I mean, this is adaptive, which is true. Like, I feel like, and maybe this is why, maybe this is why I believe that you could be successful in anything you do, even if like, again, you're changing your chapter, you're doing something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe you've never even done it before. I've never owned a restaurant before. Right. You know, but the fact of the matter is like, if you are agile enough, you're willing to learn. If you're willing to surround yourself with people that are way better than you are mm-hmm. at certain things, you can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um so I look at this and I'm like, yes, I am su- successful. Uh, I am success oriented, um, but I'm also adaptive. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those words are like jumping out at me. Like I feel that. Like I can I can adapt to an environment. You know, right? Like I don't get so caught up. Like so, if I can't do business the same way I did it yesterday, then what is going to make sense today? Right. And how quickly can we get after it? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like I change. I'm a change agent. Like, it's funny. We used to talk about terminology mm, in corporate America. Like, sure. What are some of those those words that are not unlike some of these words? But like, I totally was like, yeah, change. Yeah, we need to change. Let's do it. Let's uh-huh. do it. Like, how quickly? <clears throat> you know what I mean? And threes are really all about the motivation of like getting stuff done mm-hmm. and like, how do we get stuff done? So sometimes they can be a little sneaky. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes you have to like even like when you're talking about your mom being frugal, it's like sometimes you have to figure out how to accomplish the goal. Totally. And so threes have that mindset and they have the capacity to say like, whatever the hurdles are, whatever, whatever it is, like you said, I'm going to take a flight back to see my kids baseball game and fly back up there. You have the capacity to, to obviously many, most threes are very hardworking and then they have the vision of, I think threes are unique um, versus the one and the eight of just like, like you said, you we could set you down in, in kind of somewhat um, 
a lot of different arenas and you will figure it out. You, you threes just have a number or they have a goal or they have a whatever. And they're saying, I'm going to crush it. <laughs> and or just, attempt to attempt, attempt to, to. <laughs> not give well, up. And not I give mean, up. Yes. But most of the times threes are, 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 they really do have that success in mind and failure is not an option. Right. Yeah. And so they do have the long suffering to get to where they want to be. And sometimes on the other side, sometimes with threes and also ones, it's, and I think we're, we'll talk a little bit about the wings, but the two and the four. And so from what I know, I think you trend more in the two, which is helping and promoting and, and, and being cognizant hopefully to not steamroll people or to not sometimes threes can be so laser focused. And so sometimes they need to step back and understand the dynamics around them. Yeah. And also helping people has, it has, I think gives you a little bit more of that perspective to to keep the team in mind and keep everybody in mind, not just me and the one person too. Yes. Yes. (laughs) To, because you're, you are on a mission to say, we will not fail. We will get there. We will reinvigorate. We'll do a new menu. We will figure out how many hours that we can do during COVID. We'll do whatever it takes to get to the other side. Yeah. To, and you can easily start to scare everyone around you. And yeah, that's probably my so biggest thing. Keeping, to like, oh, keeping okay, in mind. Yeah, that's my pace, but that's not necessarily everybody's everyone pace. Else's pace. And not everybody needs to be. Right. And and change for some people is really scary. It takes, yeah. it takes a little planting of a seed and it takes them a little bit more time to get on right. board. Um, and that is that those are definitely things I have to constantly have front of exactly. mind and say, okay, slow down killer. <laughs> like you need to like, cause we need all of them, right? We need all these different no perspectives, doubt. all kind of the nine, um, because we need people that can get us in touch with our emotions. Yeah. We need people that are, um, you know, con- you know, some people are very, um, about like, you know, security and some people are very about p- making sure that the, the, that everyone is cohesive, right? And they have the perspective of all the nine types. Yeah. And we need those people. I got a little envious of some of these other The members. nine. <laughs> I'm like, I, 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 you know, funny enough, I think I actually surround myself mm. with where I feel as though I have deficits on, on things like that. As people. we should. As, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So my two closest friends fall in categories in and around mine that aren't necessarily my best at. But it's like, wow, maybe they... Maybe I do that almost mm. un, like unconsciously to say like they're constantly my temperature check to say, you know, you need to be a little more enthusiastic because I'm not very spontaneous uh-huh. um, or, you know, you need to, I mean, there's so, so many things that I feel like, like the peacemaker, you know, uh-huh. maybe I need a little more peacemaker in my life, yeah. you know, right. Um, but it's interesting. Oh, it's fascinating. I, know, I need to, okay, yeah. now, I, now you've sparked, I need to probably, I need to take the Dig test in. again because I'm sure I'll come up exactly the mm-hmm. same as I did four years ago, but yeah, um, but yeah, dig in and see, I'm going to make all of my closest friends figure out what numbers they are. <laughs> I think it's helpful. I would love to do in the future when we're on the other side, but I, I would love to do a, like a retreat on like great drinks, good food. Yeah. I know. And then um, to kind of like dive into the Enneagram, so do fun. some self-work and all these different things. I'm an eight um, with a wing nine. Okay. Um, so my two closest friends are like a five and a four. 
Ah. And so people that are connecting me to my emotions also helps. Um, and then people that just like zone in on information. Cause sometimes I can jump into something and not, and I, for me, it's like something that I'm like, okay, like I probably need to like have a little bit more research or a little bit more awareness and I'm a risk taker. Right. So like my strength is even on strength finders, my top one was risk. Because I am, I like, that is me. I can feel like, okay, I have this and I want to jump into it. And sometimes I need some people that will ground me a little bit more and, you know, give me a little bit more like, okay, well, we want to do this, but then what are the vehicles to get there? Yeah. Those are, so, good. Those are good people to have around. Oh man. Yeah. I have loved the Enneagram so much. We are going to wrap up with my final one and then I'm going to send you uh, on your way so you won't be... Uh, so my, I am, part of me is a nine, which is... Uh, often can be uh, a more slower pace of life and um, more contemplative and all these kinds of types of things. But one of my absolute favorite things is interesting uh, because it's, it's often not when I've had threes on this podcast and or just threes that I know is rest. Mm. And so the idea of how do we step back from the world? How do we um, play, discover, renew, restore, physically rest, mentally rest? Um, what are practices, you know, that uh, maybe that you have implemented in your life to like have um, rest looks different for everybody, sure. um, you know, in our weekly schedules and then our kind of yearly, you know, ideas. But like, what does rest look like in your life? Rest is very difficult. <laughs> That's a really difficult task. Um, this is every three's response. Yeah. Yeah. So renew, um, for renew, I'll answer that one because that one's easier. Um, I uh, honestly, I, I travel mm. and I will, I literally will spend all my money on seeing new places, mm. new cultures, you know, doing new things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I have to constantly get out of my own bubble to feel renewed. That's probably not a good thing, but it is my thing. Sure. And I have totally identified with it that sure. I need sometimes to get out fresh of fresh place, exactly, fresh perspective and break up a monotonous routine. So I am not good with monotony as you probably can imagine. Okay. So routine for me, um, uh, yeah. So I find myself almost spending all of my time, any of my downtime, which is not very many figuring out what my next trip is. So I, this whole COVID thing has crushed me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but I have, I have done little things like a beach trip where I've stayed in a small little Airbnb mm -hmm. and gone to the beach or whatever. So that's not so culturally profound, but, um, it's allowed me to have a different perspective. Um, so a different vantage point right. needs to happen all year round for me. Every three months I need a slightly different vantage point. Okay. Um, so that's renew. Cause I always come back feeling ready to take on <laughs> my everyday life again. Next, right? Of course. Um, rest, you know, I probably just like every other mom out there, uh, I get most of my rest sitting in my car before I come in my house Okay, <laughs> where I'm like, okay, no, I need to get out, but I'm going to sit here for another like minute and then I'll get out. Um, but yeah, I don't, um, yeah, I don't get a whole lot of rest. Okay. I would say not so much. Um, but if I do, it's usually like when I'm on try, trying to take a trip and mm. I will take moments or afternoons or, yeah. and do nothing. Yes. Um, but I feel more capable of doing that when I'm outside of my own home. <clears throat> it's very hard to shut down in my own home. Interesting. I okay. know. 
maybe that's why I, maybe that, maybe there's many reasons why I need to travel. Right. <laughs> One is to give myself rest. Yeah. But it's also to get refreshed and renewed and. Or maybe finding a space in your home that you can kind of dedicate to like, cause you're in your home the most. So I can't hear mom. Right. Or I can. <laughs> yes. on some noise yes. canceling. Yes. Exactly. Headphones. Exactly. But okay. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah. I don't know. Rest is not my thing. It's funny enough. We were out to dinner with some friends the other night and my husband happened to call me out. I don't traditionally watch TV, but I was watching a Netflix series and I was like, I'm just going to watch it. And he goes, it was a stupid Netflix series that my, I was watching with my teenage daughter because I wanted to do something with her. Sure. And, um, and she got bored with it and I was like, okay, we, we have to finish this series. So I was finishing <laughs> right. it on my own, which is hilarious. Cause it's not something I'd ever watch. Sure. And he goes, and they said, what did you guys do this afternoon? And he looked at me and he goes, she watched, she watched two back-to-back episodes of something and they, and they, and they looked at him and they go, oh, okay. Listen, when Tracy does that. You, you know, her. right? You, applaud you her know for that's sitting down in front of the TV. He's, she's, he's like, you don't, you don't like embarrass her. You don't like tell her that it's wrong. We want her to do more of that. Right. He was like, uh, what? Like, yeah, we all, yeah, we all renew and rest in different ways. Different ways, right? So two episodes of TV was a stretch for you. It was okay. It was good to know. Yeah. Um. Do you have an mo or, or a mantra that you live by, or that you? That has ever stuck out to you? I'm sure it will not surprise you at all, but just, you know, I think there's, there's that saying, um, work hard and be nice to people Mm -hmm. like do it without accomplish whatever you're going to accomplish in life, whether, wherever your bar is set in whatever field, but try not to take people down along the way. Mm. Um, and that always holds true to me. And I try to explain that to my kids because being surrounded with many people in a corporation, you see a lot of that going on. A lot on. of that going on. A lot of that going sure. on. Sure. And it's like, never lose your integrity, you know? So I think that's the my mantra of- in life is just your core is who you are. Yes. Regardless of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. It all comes back to integrity. Amen. And then New General, can you give us a brief synopsis of what it is and then where we can find it physically and where we can find it online? Absolutely. All the things. So New General is my third baby and um, it has evolved significantly over the last four years, um, primarily because I had a vision and that vision, um, a portion of it was received really well from the community and another portion was really great feedback to us. And over those course of those four years, we've evolved to what we are today, which I believe lives harmoniously in the community, which is, um, how do you bring something that's not here? Cause we have lots of amazing ideas, lots of amazing businesses, lots of great coffee places, lots of great food places. Um, and how, uh, do we constantly keep differentiating ourselves enough that we can all coexist mm-hmm. and, um, live harmoniously. Um, so for me, um, the difference between us and some other really great coffee bars out there, um, are that we try to play to the wellness, um, end, um, and we lean into things like adaptogens and CBD oil and um, non-caffeinated drinks. And um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yet you can still feel like you're part of the coffee culture. Um, so you can have, you know, a blue magic latte that has no caffeine, yes. no sugar, but you can feel like you're having a coffee with with the rest of your gang, you mm-hmm. know, because um, you still might love the warmth of it. And food wise, um, as you know, Kelsey, my chef, 
chef. Yes. She is really talented and her team is really great. Um, we have been trying to bring to the community what we feel good about, um, nutritionist food, um, with alternatives and being cognizant of people who have intolerances like gluten-free and, or, um, are vegan, Mm. um, for whatever their reasons being. Um, and we really want to curate a menu that, um, a whole group of people can come and and there's lots of options. So, um, I think this year, our number one goal is to kind of reflect on what our current menu is. And as we evolve into our new menu, it's constantly thinking about what is the authenticity of what new general has to offer. Hmm. Um, so yes, we have bowls, we have toasts, we have other things, but you know, again, how are we offering something that you can't get everywhere else? Um, so crepes. Yeah. Yes. Our crepes, our crepes. I've tasted Um, many. Yeah. Uh, so sweet, savory crepes. It's a buckwheat and oat flour and it is, um, it's vegan and gluten-free. So again, it's like, I'm gluten-free. There's very few ah, things like that okay. I can get out. Okay. It's getting much better now. Much, much better now. Um, but it was very difficult for a period of time where you're like, I can't eat any sweets or I can't eat any mm. baked goods. And now, you know, us along with many other people are starting to play in that genre a little bit. Nice. Um, but yeah, we really pride ourselves hopefully on being more of a community place. Um, one with the community supporting other local businesses. Right. So we have a proprietary blend that's roasted by lineage because we think they're incredible um, as our other roasters in the area, but we really wanted to stay local. Right. Um, and then um, we leverage buttermilk bakery because they're amazing. Old they heart bread. Amazing. So we try really hard, um, humble bumble kombucha. We try really hard to make sure that um, our offerings are reflective of the other businesses in the community. I too. love that. Which we, you know, that's one of our goals is to right. continue to keep doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. And then where would we find you online, like socially? So, um, you can find us, we play more in the Instagram arena. Sure. So, um, new general store and in Instagram. Same. Um, we are on Facebook, but really it's just a feeder from, uh, Instagram. Um, that's <laughs> not something that we spend a whole lot of time on. Yeah. Um, and then we have a website. I would say it's more of a, it's more of an informational landing page. It is definitely on our goals to evolve, um, this year, um, to either do an app or improve our website, but it's newgeneral.us. Okay. Um, and that at least gives visibility to kind of like our proprietary line of pantry items. Um, so those crepes can actually be bought in a sure. dry mix. Yes. Um, I was like, I was going to say, you guys have some like marketplace things. We do. We have lots. We do our house made granolas. We do our cashew <clears> butter, <throat> our house made Nutella spread. So our version of a healthy Nutella. Right. Um, uh, cashew butter. Um, there's a multitude of, of items within it. Our salad dressings. Um, we do growlers of our, of our cold brew. We make all of our simple syrups in house. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever we're not, we're leveraging within the community. We are making it in house. Right. Um, we have a small, but mighty team uh, in the back of the house, like brainstorming every day about what are the best dressings and, um, all the components that make up all the dishes. So yeah, sure. I'm really proud of my team. Really proud of my team. I actually have someone who's been with me since before we opened working oh, the front. Um, that's beautiful. Yeah. She's amazing. That's so, and yeah. She helps train and develop, uh, and run the front. So yeah, I'm really lucky, super lucky, but also a hard worker. 
Yes. So yes, yeah. yes. A very it's part of record. luck. Right. <laughs> yes, I have learned. I have learned. Um, yes, uh, I have loved spending some time with you. So thank you so much for taking some time out of your day, being here. Thank you for having doing me. Doing what you do. Thank you for my cocktail. Of course, always. Thank you for getting to know you better and yes. allowing me to share my story. Yeah. Likewise. Well, until next time. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Yay. Thank you a million times over for listening to Cocktails and Conversation podcast. I hope you have enjoyed all of it. If you have, would you do me a huge favor and rate, comment, and subscribe for more Cocktails and Conversation? 